They cost so much and everybody's texting. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. If one of you nuts has got any guts. What's the smile? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Alright, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So, uh, this week, um, even though we didn't do an older release because I was moving to Reno and things got a little out of control as far as scheduling and timing. We are still doing the new release episode on a- Atomic Blonde, mainly just because I've been looking forward to this, like, ever since I heard about it. Like, Charlize Theron in a in an ass-kicking spy movie? Like, that's perfect. I can't get any better than that. So, we're definitely going to do that. So, we have a return guest, but a guest who has never done one of our new releases. We have Miranda Sajak. So, thanks for coming back. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this movie. Of course, like I mean, when I when I first heard about this movie, uh, after my thoughts about Charlize, my first thoughts were of Miranda because I was like, she is going to love the fact that this even exists. So, so I I'm happy that, that you're going to be here for this review. So that's great. Yeah, totally. Um, so before we get into that, uh, like you know, you're a you're a working director. You know, you're actually involved in this uh, in this industry that I'm so obsessed with. So, what are you working on right now, and where can people find out more about the stuff you've done or will be doing in the future? Um, right now, I am in post production on a short film that I shot at the end of last year. So, we've been working steadily on uh, post production. It's an action that also uh, stars a female lead. Um, so, it's pretty exciting to kind of be talking about that in this particular episode Um, and more about that and me is all on Twitter at Miranda Sajak yep and Sajak spelled S-A-J-D-A-K but I'll put that in the in the notes so you guys could follow Miranda because she's a great follow on Twitter one of of my favorites uh, whether it's about movies or politics or you know whatever else pops into her brain there's always some interesting fodder for you there so definitely check that out All right, so now we're on to talk about Atomic Blonde. So what were your expectations going into this? Um, Well, I'd seen one of the trailers, and I know they have done and been doing a lot of marketing. Um, And I'd seen, I think, one of the earlier trailers that came out that was, uh, you know, pretty heavily focused on some of the action elements. Mm. Uh, So... You know, going in, I um, I am, as you kind of noted, a big fan of, uh, you know, movies with action and with female leads. And so I was sort of thinking, oh, maybe this will be kind of like Assault or um, A Long Kiss Goodnight, which are also movies that I love. Um, so it, that was sort of like my generic expectation. Um, I hadn't done a lot of thought about, uh, you know, plot. I was more kind of excited about like the tone and the style and the feel and, you know, if the action was going to be fun. So that was sort of my go in. Yeah, it's interesting. Like as you were talking, I was like kicking myself for not doing an episode on Salt with you. Like this is like the movie that I think you and I have talked about the most out of, yeah. out of all yeah. the movies and it didn't even, and as you were talking, I'm like Salt and then you said it and I was like, damn it, oh, I should have done that. Uh, but I mean, I'm coming from a pretty similar perspective. I tried to stay away from more of the marketing after that first trailer because I just didn't want, 
you know, like they tend to, when they're really trying to push hard on a movie, they really like give away a lot. And I was like, I want to be surprised by things that happen in this movie. So I'm just going to kind of stay away. But I could not have been more excited for a Charlize Theron led action movie. I mean, we, we know she can do, uh, some of the action stuff. Like if you look at movies like Mad Max Fury Road, like she, she did her her fair amount of kind of her own stunts, and I saw this video of her uh, doing a lot of her own stunts for this movie too. So that's really exciting. So it's not not quote unquote just a female led action movie, but an actual an actress actually doing a lot of the work, which is which is cool to see. Not just like we're gonna put her face on the poster and then we're gonna bring in the stunt double. So it was like it was cool cool to see that and to know that going in. Um, but what did you after after watching the movie now? What did you think? Like, where does this where does this rate for you? Um, you know, I I haven't seen a lot of movies this year, so um, <laughs> I just I meant as far as like action and not like that, on the scale of this year. Of, Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> action. Um, you know, I think the action sequences were really great. I think they were a lot of fun. Um, I you know I think the editing really cut it together oh. really nicely and smoothly. Um, and there were even some surprises in the editing for me that I didn't see coming that just, you know, really blew my mind in certain ways. Um, so for me, you know, I think, um, I I think it's an adaptation of maybe a graphic novel or a comic. I had no idea before seeing the movie, but like in the opening credits, it's like based on, I was like, really? Okay. It's based on a thing. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Um, but you know, for me, um, I, I just felt like that energy was really there throughout. And I think, uh, it's really an energy piece almost more than anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. like the soundtrack is just kind of going nonstop and, uh, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's almost like watching a two hour music video in some instances, Mm -hmm. which for me is really fun. Um, you know, I kind of miss that sort of energy and drive and sort of unabashed energy, I think, um, Mm -hmm. from action films where, Sometimes there will be so much need to, uh, you know, shoehorn in a plot point or, you know, make something really work for a character. So they'll kind of do this weird like flashback thing that you don't need. Um, And I just felt like here it was just the energy kept at a really high level um, throughout. So that for me was exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's one particular action sequence that everyone's talking about that takes place in a in a stairwell, essentially. And it is. It is everything that people say it is. Like, it is phenomenal. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. And I think the great thing about these movies, and I think the director is also connected to John Wick, um, there is this sense of not necessarily reality to the action sequences, but you can almost feel it physically when these when these hits come. And I think more so in Atomic Blonde than in something like John Wick. I think there's a lot more physicality involved in the fighting style they've used here rather than just the kind of, you know the gun foo or whatever you want to call it of John wick. Like there are numerous sequences with like, you know, knees and elbows and fists and feet. And you are just like, and you feel it in your seat. And some of that has to do with the theater experience, but not every action movie has that. There's, there's a distance that's created with a lot of action movies because things get so kind of ridiculous. Like this actually feels a lot more to me, like when we were first introduced to Daniel Craig as James Bond, where he, he really got in close and fought and you and you felt like he had been in fights before. And I love that you get that uh, with, with Charlize Theron here, but they never comment on the fact like, by the way, this is a female agent. Like they have no yeah. need to like quantify or qualify anything going on here. It's just like this is an action movie. So buckle up. 
Yeah, exactly. And and I really do love that. And I'm sort of hoping that we'll see a little bit of a genesis of her in that regard. I think we're going to see more action from her. Um, obviously, like the go to action guy who does his own stunts is Tom Cruise. <laughs> We've done an episode on that uh, yes. in the past. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of am hoping that we'll maybe see her kind of morph into something like that, where she can continually do these really high octane action films and be doing a lot of her own stunts. It's great to see her do it. And it like you said, it really just that whole scene and, and many of the action scenes were just so visceral that yes. you really do feel them and you really do feel as though you're being, you know, punched or kicked or whatever is right. going on in the moment. And and it doesn't really, um, you know, so to speak, pull any punches in that regard. It, it's very, very visceral from the start. So yeah, I and really that goes it. in both directions. They don't pull any punches on her either. She takes a beating yeah. in this yeah, movie and you don't usually yeah. see that. With a female main character in an action movie. Like, granted, you don't see those in general. <laughs> yeah. But when you do, you're not seeing, like, people hit her with a closed fist or attack her from behind or, you know, you know, fight dirty. And it was just like, wow, they are really, they're really going for it here. And I was, I was really impressed with it. The one thing I think yeah. that surprised me, uh, that I didn't see in any of the, uh, the marketing material is that this is, this is kind of a period piece. Like this is is set in the eighties and I had no idea that was coming until I sat down and watched the movie and I thought they handled it really well. They had a, they kind of framed it with, you know, whether the Berlin wall was going to come down or not. So you kind of know kind of the basis of where you are. And I think the soundtrack is amazing. Like it's fantastic. As someone who grew up in the eighties, I was like, oh, this is great. But I only have like one qualm about it and it's a, it's a problem that I think period pieces have in general. And when I say period pieces, I don't mean like the 1800s. I mean like something that the 60s yeah. or, or the 70s is that with a few uh, a few exceptions near the end of the movie, just about every song that's on the soundtrack is a monster hit. Like people may not recognize it now because they weren't around in the 80s. Like they may, they may not remember, you know, uh, Talking in Your Sleep by the Romantics. But that was a huge hit in every song. And that would have been okay except for the fact that they did a really cool thing which is have the music be kind of organic to the world. So they had it on the radios and they had it in clubs. So it's like, but if you live during any time period, not every song back to back to back is going to be the biggest hits of the decade. Right. Um, But, but that being said, like it was this great kind of mix of like standard eighties and European eighties kind of synth, synth pop going on. And it really fit, it really fit the world. There is one song that I won't talk about because I don't want to like ruin it for people. Uh, but it like it is a song that doesn't necessarily you would think would fit an action sequence, but it kind of yeah. leads in perfectly. It's a much slower song and it's a very known artist. And I was like, what an interesting choice. Like they made a lot of great choices, not only visually, uh, but also with the music. Yeah, I agree. I think that the the music really um, sets the tone for this movie and it keeps the tone what it is. And I think without it, you have a very different film. Um, So, you know, for me, that was definitely exciting and fun. And, you know, like you, I, I do sometimes have those moments where I'm watching and I'm sort of thinking to myself, oh, another hit, you know, but, right. um, <laughs> but it's fine. You know, I, I think when you have an elevated reality, which this is, mm. uh, it's, it doesn't bump me as much as it might if the right. movie was taking itself a little bit more seriously or was a little bit more grounded. Uh, but like, as you said, the other thing that did really surprise me was that it is a period piece and I did not have any idea, right. <laughs> um, from the, you know, from the trailer, the one trailer that I'd seen. So, 
uh, you know, that that was a bit of a surprise, but not a bad one. And I think right. uh, you know, a lot of screenwriters these days are actually looking for material where they can avoid cell phones. Yeah. But yeah. Cell phones fix plot holes really fast. Yes. Um, <laughs> can have a lot more. Or create them like just kind of like, oh, why didn't you just call somebody? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where uh, this sort of material that takes place kind of before that or before that enough where it's so organic to the daily life, um, you're really able to do the creative things you want to do and set up a sense of risk that isn't necessarily there if everybody's mm-hmm. able to call themselves on or call each other on cell phones. So. Yeah, I think the other thing they did really well, we were talking about kind of the visuals of this movie, but also her wardrobe. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's perfect. Like it's not perfect. only like super sexy, super stylish, um, fits yeah. the time, but also is she's wearing clothes that she can fight in, <laughs> yeah. you know, and she totally. has this stuff. And I love, there's a little bit moment where they ask if they can grab her bags and she's already had, you know, her, apparently her entire wardrobe shipped over to Germany before the start of oh, this yeah. movie. And I was like, okay, right. that actually makes sense that you would do yeah. that instead of bringing that all in the plane. And I was like, I, yeah, I like we, that bit. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was really, really clever. Yeah. I also thought Charlize does a really great job, not only with the action, but like kind of the way this movie is set up, which is actually a pet peeve of mine where you have a character go through something. But at the beginning, you're like, so it's 10 days later and now I'm going to go over everything that happened. I kind of dislike that. It works in this movie yeah. because it's a spy movie and you know there's going to be double crosses and things aren't okay. as they seem. Uh, but basically for the beginning, you're telling your audience, by the way, your main character is fine. Don't worry about it. You're good. Yeah. You know, and that always kind of like irks me. And I was just like, oh, God, don't do that. Just just lead me into the world and I can I can adjust. But I... You know, now that I've seen the entire film, I can see why they did it that way. uh, And it Mm -hmm. definitely makes sense. Um, But I also thought there's all these moments as she's being kind of interrogated about what she's done or hasn't done. She is there's Mm -hmm. no other word for it. She is so cool. Like it made me think of like Sean Connery, James Bond, like that level of cool, like above it all. And just like, I know what I'm doing is right. I know the way to do these things. Even if you're supposedly my superior, I'm going to stay cool during this whole thing, no matter what you throw at me. And she is just pitch perfect in those sequences with, uh, I think John Goodman plays one of the parts and I can't remember the other actor, but I know I've seen him in a bunch of things and she is just above it all. And you very rarely see a female character like that in any genre. Yeah, because there's that sense of uh, a need for constant emotionality in female characters. So it's nice to see one who is cool without being cold. Like she's not portrayed in this like sort of overtly overly bitchy way Mm -hmm. which i feel like can be the the pitfall that you hit if you try to write a female character who isn't emotional Mm -hmm. is that suddenly she becomes this ice queen and she becomes sharon stone from basic instinct yeah just no emotion with her she's just completely manipulative and terrible um Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like they they did a good job of humanizing her despite um, also having to need her be uh, cool and kind of detached in some ways. Yeah, and I think they did something really smart is they created a, re- a relationship with another character and had yeah. moments of of kind of, of being more real than she expected to be in those situations. And I thought, like, what a smart choice, because that way, no matter how ice cold she is to everyone else, you know that there's a human being in there. And that she's yeah. like actively trying to tamp that down in order to do her job. And I thought Charlize's performance in that scene in particular was very, very good. Like the rest of the movie, you can kind of get away. I think it's easier to play cool than it is 
to to have these moments where you're a little bit more human. And she only gets one or two opportunities in the entire film to do that. So she really has to nail it. And I really think yeah. she did. I do too. So what did you think of kind of, I mean, we have two other major characters. We have the James McAvoy character and Sophia Boutella. So what did you think of their performances? Um, I thought they were really great. Uh, you know, I think James McAvoy, it seems like he's trying to stretch more and more these days. Um, I think he's done a lot of indies recently and he's been doing stuff that, you know, he sort of, um, was like the pretty boy for a long time Mm -hmm. and kind of like the pretty hero boy for a little bit. And I, I really like seeing him do different things and do things that I wouldn't necessarily see as typecasting for him. Right. So, um, you know, I thought that was really fun to see him in this, uh, you know, he's, he's smart and he's, you know, I mean, it is a spy movie, so you have elements of manipulation, but he mm-hmm. just, um, he plays a different kind of character than I've seen him play before. And I thought he did a pretty good job of it. Um, you know, there's a couple of uneven beats for me with him, but mm-hmm. in general, I felt like he, he mostly, that was more of a writing thing for me than an acting thing. Um, and I think that he mostly really sells who he is and what his job is in this film. I think it um, also must be tough from his perspective because it's one thing to have a spy movie with double and triple crosses. Um, and when you're the main character, it's a little bit easier to carry that off because the camera is focused on you and the story is always focused on you. There are things yeah. that he is doing that we never get to see on screen. And he has to portray that at like these yeah. three or four different levels. And that that is tough. So like, but I definitely yeah. agree with the kind of unevenness. But I do think there's some moments of really dark humor in later yeah. in this movie with him that I think physically he portrays really well and some of it that is direction and writing but he really carries off the physical humor of some of those moments without it being ridiculous which is not easy yeah i agree and and you know for me um as i said there were a couple of uneven beats but they were very few and far between uh, and it was just right. it just wasn't that many uh you know it was and in a movie like this it can be really easy to fall into a lot and i've noticed that certainly in um comic adaptations and in graphic novel adaptations in the past uh, where there will be really clunky dialogue or, you know, just stuff you really have to be so like, like exposition time. Like, here we go. Yeah. You just have to nail it so well. And I don't think that he ran into too many of those traps, even mm-hmm. though um, some of the writing has some of that. I don't think that he fell into too many of those pitfalls, even though they were set up for him and he easily could have. Um, yeah, it helps that he's, I think he's a really charming actor. Like he's, yeah. he's someone you want to root for, uh, which yeah. which makes him a really interesting choice in a spy movie because you're yeah. never sure who you can trust. So I thought that was yeah. that was really smart casting uh, to yeah, ca- to cast him beside Charlize. Um, yeah. I also really liked Sofia Boutella. I mean, I really like her as an actress in general. I think even in movies that I'm not big fans of, like I've been on the record of my. Uh, my issues with Kingsman, uh, but she is fantastic in that movie. She's even good in The Mummy, which is not yeah. a good movie at all. Like she is just, and in Star Trek Beyond, she was in last year. She's just a great, a great presence, not only as an actress, but as an action actress. Like she's got a lot going for her and her, her interactions, um, um, with, with Charlize Theron's character here. I think in a lot of ways, like aside from, aside from the action are probably my favorite moments of the movie because they just, they feel, they feel really real and they, they feel like these are people we should care about. And that's tough to do in a movie like this. Yeah. And I think she brings a nice element of tension to the film that, mm. um, you know, most of the characters do bring tension because it is a spy movie. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think she brings a different kind of tension than some of the others and uh, it really elevates the scenes that she's in. And, um, you know, some of the, 
the kind of underlying threat that's kind of always there to the protagonist, I think we feel it a little bit more because of her. And I, I really like that. Right. And I think the last thing I I want to talk about before we go to spoilers is the fact that we have a bisexual action star. Like yeah. this is so cool. Like I can't even yeah. I can't even deal with it. Like it even if this movie was bad, I would be happy it was made just because yeah. of that. Like the closest thing we've ever had, there was a scene in in Skyfall in the James Bond yeah. movie where one of his his, you know, the villain, the male villain is trying to make him sexually uncomfortable and he has some line where he says, Do you really think this is my first time? Which like intimates like maybe he's experimented with men. And that is the closest yeah. we've ever gotten to a at least yeah. in a big budget mainstream action movie of having a not straight uh action star. Um, yeah. So it's really exciting that we have, like in the beginning, it shows in the trailer that she had had a sexual relationship with this guy who dies, which sets this whole plot of the list in motion. And then yeah. she, you see in the trailer also, she hooks up with Sofia Butella in this movie. Um, so what did you, like you as someone who's also queer, like what did you think of that, like both going into the movie and coming out of the movie? Um, you know, going into the movie, like I said, I'd seen that trailer. So I was pretty excited that that was just going to be a part of it. And that, um, you know, this big budget uh, international release was going to even have that for one of their characters. Um, so the fact that it was the lead was even that much greater because it's easy for that to become, mm. you know, it's the antagonist or it's, you know, the side character that we never see again or whatever. Right. It could um, be either the evil queer character or the queer character you just know is going to die no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like the best friend who's there to be quippy. Oh, sure. Um, even worse. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so I, you know, I was just re I was really excited that it was the protagonist and that they um, they allowed for that and that they dedicated real screen time to it. And it wasn't just half a scene or even just one scene um, that that actually was really pleasing to me. And I, I really appreciated that they didn't uh, seem to cut corners with it, because I feel like, uh, you know, if this were a bond, uh, they could have easily dedicated the same amount of screen time to a romantic interest and it wouldn't have felt weird. It wouldn't have felt like it was cutting back on the time that they usually spend in that kind of a relationship. So um, I really appreciated that. That was that was good. Yeah, I also think like the most important part of it to me was that there was a scene of pillow talk between two members of yeah. the same sex because they could have very easily played this off like, oh, she's using this woman. She's she's not really gay. She's not really bi, whatever. She's using this as a means to an end. But in the sequences they have with each other afterwards, you realize that they care about one another and that this is a real this is a real not only physical connection, but at least a little bit of an emotional connection, too. And I thought that really hammered home the point like, no, no, she is actually bi. This is not this is not something we're just doing for shock value because there are plenty of movies out there, especially when you're talking about two women where they're just going to have a lesbian scene to titillate. Um, and it is titillating, but it doesn't feel like that's the only purpose for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, the fact that they worked it into the plot and that they made it part of the main plot uh, makes a big difference because with uh, a film like this, it's, you know, it's easy to see Hollywood looking at this as like a 15 to 35 straight male audience, especially with <laughs> sure. her, being who she is. Right. Um, and, you know, with some potential nudity and, you know, action and all of that stuff, you sort of fall into that really easily. Uh, and then you can see it, you know, a writer and a director say, oh, we don't need this. Let's erase it. It's mushy, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I really appreciated that they allowed for it. And like you said, I think it, uh, it created some of the more emotional moments of the film, which I think were really great. Mm -hmm. 
I also think uh, before we kind of we'll talk about this more in spoilers, I'm sure, but you can really tell um, that the writer and the director of this film really love the spy genre. Like it, it really for me because I was raised on like James Bond movies, um, so it really hit all those buttons for me. So I found myself wondering if other people were going to like this because I can't help but like it. Like it just it hits all those buttons of of a franchise that I really loved when I was a kid, uh, and it was it would be interesting to to hear what people who grew up with that and are maybe not as liberal would think of like a woman play essentially playing the role of James Bond with a couple more twists near the end of the movie. Um, but, I, but it was so nice to see it was, it was kind of endearing to see someone mm-hmm. like so in love with the genre that they're like, I don't care if people are going to find this a little bit silly or a little bit convoluted. Like we're just going to go for it because that's, that's what we're angling towards. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think we're starting to hit a series of films that are um, a little bit, and I say this knowing that this film has some cynicism to it, but a little less cynical Mm -hmm. than maybe the last decade of filmmaking. Um, And I think that's exciting. I think that's uh, film could use it. Uh, You know, it's, it's there's something really um, valuable in being genuine and going all in and not pulling punches and not always being sarcastic all the time. And, um, you know, I think like you, this definitely de- demonstrated a love for the spy genre and for uh, how those films are made and for what the usual reveals are and for how to build them in and just all of that. It, it's felt like there had been a lot of study done. And that was really I appreciated that a lot. Nice. All right. Um, so we're going to go spoilers in a second. But I, I this is a movie I definitely I would recommend like it is a great time out at the movies. Like I, I've heard some people say like, you know, in between the fight scenes, they were kind of bored, which I guess I can kind of understand. I did not experience that at all. Like I it's one of the few like spy slash action movies that if it was even 10 to 15 minutes longer, I would have been totally fine. Like I was just enjoying myself. I think Charlize is it might be like one of our best actors working today because she can do so many different things. Like I love seeing her in these action roles, but she's also done like, you know, she did monster. uh, She did young adult. Like she's really multi-talented. It's really good to see her kind of pushed out as, you know, as this big action star. And I was glad it wasn't just quote unquote, the female John wick. It was very different from that. It was a very different style. I think all the supporting characters, you know, do as much as they're supposed to. I think we didn't mention it, but John Goodman gives this kind of sense of, of, of kind of strength and grounding to the sequences because it is very over the top. I mean, it is a action movie. You're going to get that. And I think his presence really helps. I think it's well-directed. I think it's, you know, there's some, there's some writing bumps, but I think overall it's a well-written movie and it's certainly like almost perfectly choreographed as far as the fight sequences. And it, and it feels like a complete world. So I would highly, highly recommend going and seeing this, but what about you? Do you recommend this movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're probably going to see it again while it's in theaters, um, nice. which I have probably only done with maybe five or six movies in my entire life. So I you, say, know, you don't I even go to the movies that often, let alone yeah, twice for the go. same. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even go. I mean, they cost so much and everybody's texting. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's true. It's uh, Yeah. You know, I, I rarely go these days, partly because of those things I just mentioned. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when there is a movie that I want to support that I think is good, that I enjoyed, um, you know, I like to give it a little extra. So I think we're probably going to see it again while it's still in theaters because, you know, um, I haven't seen a lot this year, but this was definitely my favorite of the year so far. And I'm excited to see it again. I think there's a lot of good in it. Excellent. All right. So now we're finally going to go to spoilers. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. 
Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Okay, so, you know, the, this movie definitely has a lot of twists and turns. Uh, kind of after she leaves this uh, this debriefing. After she leaves there, a lot of stuff happens in, like, maybe 20 minutes. Like, I feel like plot-wise, more happens in the last 20 minutes than in the first hour and a half. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, did that stuff work for you? Did it feel, like, overwritten, too convoluted? Did it surprise you? How did that work? Um. Well, the... The the second, I mean, there's a bunch of different kind of tags at the end. So like, yes, um, you know, I don't I don't know how many we're counting, but um, <laughs> the very last tag at the end surprised me more than the other ones prior to it. Yes. Um, like I I was pretty sure that I knew that she was this, you know, quad possibly quadruple agent, but right. certainly double agent. Like I, I already knew that she was a double agent. Like that was not a surprise to me. Um but knowing that she was a triple agent and that she, right. you know, what maybe wasn't even British and, you know, all this other stuff that kind of comes out there, um, that was a shock. Like that right. I did not see coming. Um good. So for me, I would say that the final reveal was more of a surprise than the reveals prior to it. And I appreciated that it was in there because I think if they had ended it just with those other reveals, I might have felt like it wasn't as complete a story um, or even that it had as much potential going forward. But knowing what that final reveal is, now I'm like, oh... You know, because they layer, you know, she's a she's this kind of agent and then she's this agent and then she's also this agent. And it's like once you start layering in that much, you can keep layering forever. You yep. know, it's like double agents, you sort of anticipate kind of working within a little bit of a box because they have those two masters that they're constantly, you know, uh, responsible for or responsible to. But once you say that she's like a triple agent, then you're like, right. she could also be working for anybody, yep. you know, um, which kind of changes the game a little bit and I think ups the stakes for potential sequels, which I hope we'll get. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. I think the movie doesn't necessarily spell out that she's the double agent early on, but there are some heavy, heavy hints. There's a yeah. scene where James McAvoy's character has, has found the list and he's on the phone and he said, oh yeah, you could say I'm close to that person. Like, so it's yeah. pretty, and there's no one else he's interacting with. So you know, unless it's the guy who memorized the list, which doesn't wouldn't make any sense, you know it's gonna be Charlize. Like it's so that that I think is pretty plain. But when she gets on the plane and and talks to John Goodman, I was like, Oh, I was not okay. Like, all right, yeah. you got me. Well done. And I yeah. love that they got to have their little funny moment because she calls him a cocksucker at the beginning of the movie and he pretends yeah. like he didn't hear her. And I liked that that interchange between the two of them, and it's so great. To it was great. It's always great to see people like John Goodman and Charlize Theron together in scenes because they're both wonderful actors. But it felt so good to have them like connect at the end and be friendly instead of be this like constant battle between the two of them, which is all you get earlier in the movie. So that that really worked for me and made me feel kind of happy as the credits were rolling. Like I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I agree. Um, I. I was worried that it was going to end in the scene before and I was mm-hmm. going to end not feeling as satisfied, but uh, you're absolutely right. That did bring it up for me for the credits and I right. was excited about it. Yeah. And the scene before that, I think you're talking about the scene with all the Russians. It's another yeah. great, great action sequence. Action. 
sequence. And there's, um, there's a wonderful shot in there of the, the gun, you know, being hidden in the ice for the champagne. And I was like, this is, and you just see her like, you know, her knuckles clenched around it. And I was like, this is so well done. And you know what's going to happen. And it's yeah. still exciting. You know, yeah. and I was just like, and there's not a weak action sequence in this film, whether you're talking about the one in the movie theater or the one in the staircase or, you know, I mean, they all yeah. really work. And it's, I think sometimes action movies feel this pressure to up the ante with every action mm-hmm. sequence. And I thought this movie yeah. did a good job of not bowing to that, of making these scenes exciting, but very distinct from one another. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. just this like constant ramp up and then everything goes crazy and everything explodes. Like you don't, you don't have that. And I also like that in this, in the kind of sequence of events, Shirley's doesn't always win, you yeah. know, like the person she's trying to protect dies and he drowns in a yeah. car and it's like, Oh shit, what are we going to do now? So you actually do feel some semblance of risk for her. And in the first, yeah. one of the first sequences, like she gets her ass kicked like, yeah. she's as handed to her, and you're just like, oh, this is not John Wick where he wins every fight. You know, yeah. this is something different and something scarier. And so you definitely yeah. do feel – you do feel that for the whole movie, which I – you know, which I like to see. And you don't get enough in a lot of action movies. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, – I think there's a lot of – um there's a lot of different things and fresh things in this and it's kind of hard to freshen up action at this point. Yes. So anytime you see something that's a little bit new, a little bit different, a little bit fresh, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, the only thing I wish, like I'd seen that one trailer and the only thing I wish they hadn't put in there is the scene with Sophia Botella's character essentially being choked from behind, um, being attacked. Cause that was in the very first trailer. So then when that was coming, like I knew what was going to happen, uh, and that's a character death that I think would have meant more if I didn't see it coming, you know, and it was just kind of like, OK. And of course, they they extended that sequence much longer and gave her a chance to fight, which was good. Uh, and it created I mean, we mentioned I mentioned earlier in the non-spoiler section about the darkly comedic moment. There's a moment where uh, James McAvoy's character has been stabbed uh, in the back and he keeps trying to reach for the knife to pull it out and can't just running into walls. Uh, and it yeah. really is a it's a action version of that that itch you can't reach. And I thought, like, yeah. this is so great. And they didn't stay with it too long because it would have been ridiculous. It was just this little yeah. moment of levity after a, a character we care about has died. But it's yeah. still it still really works. And a lot of that is because of his performance. Yeah, agreed. I think that uh, that was a great moment that. You know, the movie, I think, does a pretty good job of balancing humor with uh, mm-hmm. with its action. And, you know, that's something that not all action movies can really nail. So it was nice to see that, um, you know, when she and that uh, guy she's fighting, like, kind of both stagger to their feet and, like, <laughs> oh, neither great. can, like, move anymore. It's like, And that it's felt so... real. I mean, it was funny, but it also <laughs> feel like if you get your ass kicked for five minutes straight. You're going to be that exhausted. <laughs> You're going to yeah. be that like that is exactly how you'd feel and it was just it's great to just see her kind of like fall over and like yep. nobody like pushed her she's just like, like i'm, I'm so tired, tired. <laughs> it hurts so much you know um, it's just so real like I, I love that yeah and also i think like you know another kind of gender switch thing going on they usually if you're gonna have a male and female character i think the male character is going to be more distant and snarky and the female character might be a little bit more silly uh, and yeah. this is totally flipped. Like James McAvoy gets all the silly moments and she gets yeah. all the I'm way too cool for this and I'm going to just level you with a comment, oh, you know, and it was just like, this is great. Like you don't ever get to see that. And it, you know, her her performance there really, really worked. Yeah. 
So uh, before we end here, is there anything else uh, you want to close with? Anything we didn't talk about? Um, I mean, you know, there's, I suppose if we're in spoilery land, you know, there's a, there's one kind of negative spoiler in this that is not maybe the greatest thing. Um, I'm a little bit mixed on it myself. I, I mean, I don't even know how to deal with it. Um, you know, do we want to address the very, the gays thing? Oh, the the fact that we have like a gay relationship and then the yeah. one of the characters immediately dies. Uh, so let's talk about that. But first, before we do that, there's something else I yeah. wanted to ask you about. And I totally forgot because like it's yeah. it's into that first. And then yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's kind of it's kind of connected. So okay. so I think you know it's it's always interesting for me to talk uh, to people who are queer, especially a different type of queer person than I am, what they think about a sex scene or a love scene. Uh, because sometimes my view is totally different. Like being a guy, I'm going to be like, I might think something is really hot and really sexy. And I might talk to a lesbian or a bi woman. They'll be like, yeah, that's not how that works. So that, that didn't work for me at all. So what did you think of that scene between Charlize and Sophia? Um, you know, it worked for me. Uh, I think that might be the first time I can actually say that about any movie I've seen with any, uh, <laughs> with any <laughs> women in a romantic or sexual relationship. Um, especially the, with a know, male the, director too. Like especially with the male director, which most of them that anybody has seen other than like actually lesbians and bi queer women, um, you know, it's probably the first time it's worked for me and felt like moderately realistic. I don't know how much of that is the director or the writer or the editor or a combination of the three, probably Um, the actors as well, I'm sure. Uh, But, you know, it it really was the first time it's ever felt realistic. And I count, um, you know, recent bigger films like Carol among that and uh, Blue Mm. is the Warmest Color. And, you know, all all of all three of these have been directed by men. um, Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that it didn't feel uh, fully exploitative um, Mm -hmm. or just for the sake of having the scene. Uh, Like kind of like I said earlier with some of the other elements I felt like I could have seen it in a James Bond film and it might've been really similarly shot. Um, and that didn't bump me at all. So, uh, it worked, it worked for me. Right. Good. Um, so the, the kind of, you know, our constant murder of, of, of gay partners, uh, this happens a lot, like in TV, in books, in film, it's, it's pretty consistent. I, in this movie, it didn't even occur to me. Um, and I think it's because of something you just said about the love scene is that this feels very much like a James Bond spy thriller to me. And yes. there are countless women who have died because they had sex <laughs> oh, with James yeah. Bond. Like that is, yeah. that is the that's risk of having sex with a secret agent. Like that, that's, that's what happens. You're putting yourself yeah. in a lot of danger. Um, but, and I think I would have been more upset about it if, you know, James McAvoy just came up and choked her and she died and that was it. But I yeah, like the fact that she had some, energy in that scene and fought you know and and also like actually legitimately cared about Lorraine like it wasn't just the like oh we had sex anyway like and she wasn't like connected to usually in a James Bond movie that character would be like the wife of the bad guy and you know James Bond swoops in and steals her away or whatever um so like I can see uh, I can see a reason for people to be upset but it's more because of the of, it's just like representation, right? Like it's it's the idea that there's not – it's not that this is bad in itself. 
It's that along with everything else that's out there, and this is this is all that we get as queer people, like that can be upsetting. But I didn't yeah. think the way it was portrayed felt like, oh, it was like a punishment for being gay, or it's just like, we're going to rip this away from you. I'm just mixed on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the movie subverts so many other things. It would have been nice to see it subvert that, um, just to kind of say, you know, put a little stamp on the envelope of subversion, I guess. Right, right. Like, you know, we're going all the way with this. Uh, this is also not true. This other thing also didn't happen. Um, they left it open enough that they could potentially maybe bring her back in a sequel and be like, Oh no, you didn't see that she got up after she went and got the pictures or whatever. Um, like maybe, but, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think she's, I'm pretty sure she's dead. Um, so, you know, that it was, it was a bummer for me, honestly. Um, Mm. and I think it's partly because they did subvert so many other things, uh, that I felt like there was potential for them to. And then the other thing that, bummed me out in that same uh, regard is that the end has so many little extra like codas on the end where there are these tags of her going to these places and meeting these people. She literally goes to Paris and this is a French agent who is killed, you know? Right. right. Um, so for me, I kept thinking like, you know, okay, well in this scene, this is where, you know, she's going to pop up and actually be there. And it will have been like either a lie that Charlie's told or, um, you know, she actually did survive all of that and we just didn't see that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I felt like there was opportunity for them to write that in and, kind of surprise us and maybe there is still opportunity maybe they will in a sequel i doubt it but maybe um but i just you know i mean as you say like it's it's just a common trope and it's tiring Mm -hmm. and when you are kind of in a position of seeing the first real openly bisexual relationship in an action film with a female lead and you're kind of checking a lot of firsts off the list It's just a little bit of a bummer when they don't kind of, uh, you know, close the circle and say, Mm. we're also not going to do this thing that we're trying to not do, you know? Yeah. Um, That that bummed me out. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it actually, like, this has got to be the strangest comparison. One thing that made me happy about this relationship, one more thing, is that I remember when Deadpool was coming out, right? Like, Deadpool Mm -hmm. is a pansexual character in in the comic book. So people were asking, like, is he ever going to have a boyfriend? And it kind of got the answer of, like, well, maybe in the next movie. Like, we'll we'll think about it. And and Ryan Reynolds has been like, I'm open to it. It's fine. Let's do it. I'm I'm fine. And I like that this movie started with the same-sex relationship. Like, you could have a sequel where she hooked up with a guy for whatever reason. Like, whether it's for information or for love or for connection, like, you could have that. But I like that instead of the wait-your-turn moment, we got yeah. we got the the gay relationship up front, which is yeah. so rare. Like I can't even think of another example, like in a yeah. in a big screen adaptation. So that was that was really good to see. Yeah, it was really good to see, and and I do think you know, like I said before, um, I'm sure other people will have other feelings about you know the sex scene and all of the scenes between the two of them Mm -hmm. and i'm sure we'll get a number of articles that we can devour about all of that the think Um, pieces will come i guarantee you (laughs) coming um but you know i for me it was enjoyable um and i i wasn't bumped by any of that so it was really just that last beat where i was like oh she's in paris they're gonna get back together and then it was like no just kidding and so that that was a bummer for me but i you know it won't stop me from seeing it again. It won't stop me from seeing any sequel, assuming there is one. I assume there will be. Um, you know, it, it's not going to stop me from continuing to see this movie, and I'll probably eventually get it on 
you know, DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but it, you know, that to me was maybe the one, and there are a lot of plot points that don't fully work. Um, mm-hmm. but that was maybe the only one that was like sad to me where I was like, Oh, they really missed an opportunity to really, uh, blow this up and they chose not to. And I get why, but I wish that they hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. All right, let's hope they don't go the route of uh, Salt Two never being released. Let's let's get okay. the Atomic Blonde sequel, please. All right. Um, so yeah, it sounds like we both really like this movie. I want to go see it again. You want to go see it again. So if you've listened to all this and haven't seen it, even though there were spoilers, I would highly recommend going to see this movie because it's good to have a movie where it's just it's just good fun. You know, like there's there's lots of choices out there. And if you want to spend two hours in a movie theater and kind of get pumped during the movie, I think I think this is a really, really good choice. Yeah. All right. So uh, one more time before you go, why don't you let people know uh, how they can contact you online if you still want them to? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Miranda Sajak, and that's really the best way to get in touch. And I am constantly watching movies, both good and bad, and uh, talk a lot about politics and film and TV and all sorts of fun things like that. So uh, definitely catch up with me there, and that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm already seeing people being like, it's so male gazy, and I'm like, is you, it? is it? I'm like, I don't. Like, I, I actually get that from the opening a little bit more than anything after sure. that. Because yes. when she's in that bath and then she gets out and we're swinging her naked from the back and whatever. But it's like, there are so many opportunities to see boobs in that movie that we don't see. Yeah. And like, I just feel like in the hands of a different director, there would be a whole lot more boobs in that movie. And honestly, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess the scene in the mirror, I could see it being male gazy. Yeah. But the scene in the bathtub, I think it's important. Yeah. Like, I, I think, think it shows what she's been through. Like, here, yeah. like, follow the map on her body of all the shit she's been through in the last 10 days. Done that scene, particularly the angle from the back above uh, with a guy, and it wouldn't have been that different. And it makes her look strong. Like, it doesn't yeah. make her look like, you know, she is to be gazed at. Like, it's a little intimidating. Honestly, like, you see, like, the muscles in her back and the bruises and the cuts and the black eye, and it's like... And there, and during that scene, I was not like, ooh, hot. I was just like, holy shit, this person is tough and has gone through it, you know? So I don't know if I buy the male gaze thing in that scene. And even in the rest of the movie, like, it didn't feel... And granted, I'm a guy, so what do I know? But it didn't feel like that gazy to me. I've, I've seen much worse this year than, yeah. than in that. But, yeah.